listening to the Stressed But Well-Dressed podcast. It's the podcast that talks about the reality of the corporate world with both humour and honesty. We'll share some great experiences that will help you reflect on what you want from your own career and some brilliant hints and tips to help you get there. We've got some amazing speakers with a wealth of experience in a variety of industries. We will always start with some comedy and think about the highs and the lows that have helped us along the catwalk of our career. And we will finish with some great advice for you to take away. Why stressed but well dressed? We all have our own unique way of showing up to work and the way we present ourselves is part of how we show who we are. Never underestimate the power that you can have in helping you be you and know that your version of well-dressed is your confidence builder to help alleviate the stress. So what's the link between feeling stressed and the way we dress? Did you know that clothing can directly impact our psychological status and our performance? We attach a symbolic meaning to the clothes in our wardrobe and the persona they help us adopt. An item of clothing can invoke a certain psychologic state because of the symbolism that we attach to it. You might feel corporate in a suit, sporty in athleisure or festive in sequins. What we choose to wear influences our mood and our performance. This is called enclosed cognition and has been researched by Dr Adam Galinsky and his colleagues Joe Adam and Joshua Margolis at Northwestern University. The research looks not only at the symbolic meaning of clothing, but how people use clothing to self-reflect and to uplift their mood to increase their positivity. This creates our own way of feeling well-dressed. We are directly aiming to alleviate our stress, whether we realise it or not. So hello and welcome to today's episode of Stress But Well Dressed um, and we're joined by Paula Grizzard. Paula is a business coach but also uh, a business owner and has worked as a management consultant for many different organisations both in public sector and doing private work as well. Welcome Paula. Hi, great to be here. So as you'll probably know by now we always start the podcast with a little bit of humour. So I'm going to ask you the question we ask everyone to kick off with. Do you have a funniest fashion moment? Yes, <laughs> I certainly do. Um, and it was at a black tie event several years ago. I had got um, a lovely new sparkly dress, which I was really looking forward to wearing. And uh, there'd been a, a lunchtime event as well. And I had a smart suit for my lunchtime event um went to get changed for the evening event dined to put on this lovely pink sparkly dress put it on and the zip went oh no so, so i was not able to to retrieve the zip it just completely went um and that was it so i attended the black tie event in the same daytime suit that i had worn for lunch but that's how it goes sometimes. Oh, I, <laughs> I, think, held, I, think, I held my head high. I think we've all been there. That that's a, that's a, that is a, a very embarrassing fashion moment, and very, but probably very. one that you can look back on and laugh now at least. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's great to have you here, and um, it would be brilliant, Paula, if you just shared a bit around your work and, and what you do now for our listeners. So my company, I have two companies actually. My um, Original business, She Business, which supports women um, to start up businesses, to develop businesses, and for those that come to scale. 
Uh, I also do business coaching, and that is with men and women. Plus, uh, I have set up a new business with two other partners earlier on this year called Go International, where we support businesses to soft land in North America. And those are mainly SMEs, small to medium si uh, sized companies. Talk to us about kind of how you present yourself and your brand and how you show up and, and feel good at work. It's quite interesting because in, in thinking back about how I present myself and how I have presented myself over time, I think there are three distinct areas of presentation. The first was really when I was starting out, didn't have a, a great deal of money. And at that time, I think I, I tended to wear my clothes as a uniform. They were generally dark, so black or navy. Um, and actually looking back, they were quite boring because it was very much about not particularly making an impact. Um, people were far less visible in what they wore in those days. It was just dressed in a dark colour and you dressed for work. And it wasn't dressing for business. It was just dressed for work. And that's really how I showed up for, for quite a number of years. I think the second phase of dress relates to the second phase of my career, which was when I was um, seconded to work for government and I had a fairly unique role working in Bradford, but working direct to Whitehall. And it was during that time where I had the good fortune to um, attend a lot of quite high level events, meet a lot of senior people. I'm talking about the prime minister, the now king, um, lots of different um, business people. And for that, I had to dress much more to impress, or at least I felt that I did. So I couldn't wear all, all the rather boring things that I had worn previously. So that's when I had more money. And um, it was a, a bit of an era of spend, 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 because I really changed my style and started to wear suits, started to wear things that were more fashionable, a lot more colourful. And I felt so much more confident. So actually, that's really interesting because you're talking about kind of creating your own personal style and breaking away from from what you you referenced in that kind of first stage of your career, which was that corporate uniform. Um, and actually, as you progressed, as you became more visible, as you were on more of a platform, you allowed yourself to stand out more or, or you pushed yourself forwards more in terms of kind of how you, you showed up. Um, and then also you started to develop that style that was right for you at that time as well. Absolutely. Um Whereas previously, visibility wasn't a big thing. It was very much about showing up, doing the job, that's it, doing a good job, but that was really it. In this new role, it was all about visibility and influencing. I had to influence the government, um, all the ministers I was working with, to get money uh, to put into the regeneration of a particular area within Bradford. Um, and to do that, I had to look, or at least I felt, I had to look the part. So it was all about visibility. It was all about being fashionable. It was all about colour. Um, and I always remember somebody that I really respected from the old world, from my previous role, met me and he said, 
do you know what? You've got an aura around you. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you, you look happier and you look so visible and what you're wearing. And and that was great because I realised I'd broken away from <laughs> where I'd been previously. Um, and that was, I think, to do with confidence and um feeling that I, I could influence and I was influencing. So I think that there's a, a huge link there, isn't there, between having the confidence to to put yourself forward um, and, and then the, the, the kind of the validation that you get through the visibility, the feeling good, the, the working together with the people and seeing results, and then how that kind of links back to boosting your confidence further. D did that help you kind of propel your career at that point? Definitely. But it was one of those kind of situations or or at that time if I wind it back a little bit you, you weren't dressed for business unless you wore a suit or at least a jacket and I never felt when I went to meetings that I was fully prepared even though I was prepared prepared and you know I'd, I'd done the, the the work for the meeting and I had my brief sorted and all the rest of it so at, at that time because formal wear was expected for men and women um, I never felt, even if though I was on top of my brief, that when I showed up for a meeting, I didn't feel com fully confident, um, really, until I had my jacket on. So I always wore a very smart jacket, even if it wasn't a suit. Uh, and just thinking back, the majority of people that I was having meetings with during that whole period were men. So I was often one of the only or sometimes few women round the table. So being visible, making sure my voice was heard was really important to me at that time. And I think my clothes reflected that. So you were looking to make your mark in that space, really, weren't you? How, how did... Um... How did it feel being the only female voice often round the table? Did did you ever get challenged? Did you ever get pushed back because of that? And and how did you overcome it? So in certain meetings, yes, uh, you you know, it it really did feel like I had to make my voice heard, and I always made sure that I contributed, that I did say what I wanted to say. I didn't want to be that person who left a meeting and would have, should have, could have. I, I didn't want that. So I always made sure that whatever I wanted to, to do or to say that would have some influence in taking a decision forward, um, or at least giving my opinion, uh, you know, that I always did that. Um, that was important. But there are other meetings during that and a subsequent period where I was working perhaps more on a one to one and uh, usually with a senior male. And that wasn't the case. It was mainly in some of the bigger meetings, particularly at that time where I was working with government officials. So just to clarify that then, so it wasn't the case that you didn't feel you had your voice heard when you were in partnership. It was more when you were you were the sole female voice in the room. It was harder to break through. Yes, that's right. So what, what would have been a confident outfit at that time? You talked about not wearing a jacket. And it's interesting because in one of our, our other podcasts, we talked about the symbolism that people attach to a jacket in terms of that manager role or that leader role. What, what was your style? What made you feel good? So um, def interestingly, at that time, 
it was skirt suits rather than pantsuits or trouser suits that were fashionable. Trouser suits came a little bit later. And of course, everybody wears trousers now with jackets. Trousers and, and trainers. Trousers yes, and trainers. absolutely. But at that time, it was skirt suits. So I used to wear a sort of fairly short above the knee skirt and um, either a matching jacket or a, or a jacket that that clashed but in a good way color wise um so i i love little double-breasted jackets and um chanel type sadly not the real chanel but chanel type um jackets particularly in good colors that bright color piece feels like it's important to you you've referenced kind of moving from kind of dark and conforming into something where, where you are more visible and stand out and, and i understand that um having been this year to lots of networking events i always try and wear a bright color um just to be more memorable in the room because you meet so many different people when you network um, and obviously networking is is something that you do very well running networking events what advice would you give to people in terms of how they show up not just their dress but kind of how they really come to a networking event with that level of confidence that allows them to get the most out of the meeting it's interesting because i went to a business conference just last week and i wore a red it was quite cold that day and i wore a bright red coat and when i showed up there must have been 200 people in the room and when i showed up somebody said to me you can't miss you wearing that coat. And I, I actually like that. Some people might not like that. I really like that because it means that I am still visible. Um, and I think that is really important. I think when you go to a, network, I can't say a networking event, there are two things that you need to do. One is to think carefully about what the purpose is. What do you want to achieve? I mean, it might be that you just want to meet new people or you want to make some strong business connections. Um, and I did meet somebody who just moved to the area. She was there really just to, to meet people and start her networking journey in Yorkshire. Other times, such as the business conference, you go because you want to hear the speakers and hopefully the quality of the speakers means that you're going to learn something and you might want to actually make a connection with some of them. I think there are there are various reasons that people need to go networking, but for small companies, it really has to be part of the DNA because it's how you actually form over time at least trusted relationships that can lead to collaboration and doing business and but I, think I think i think that's really important and i think that ability to go to those networking events to build relationships and, and to meet people as well is, is all part of the confidence building piece um, and, and I know from experience that sometimes it can feel really uncomfortable kind of going to a networking event and, and really unnatural to, to go up to people to to introduce yourself and, and almost to, to share a bit about you and your story and, and why it's worth having a conversation with you particularly as a business owner um, and anything you can do to feel good when you walk into that room so you can feel confident to go up to other people is is, is so valuable. Definitely. And I think I'm on the, the third phase of my dress piece um, now, but having moved away from what I was talking about before, often being the only um, woman around the table, wearing formal dress attire, always wearing a jacket, that sort of thing. This third period, I think, is me being me. 
So it's me using colour. It's me like the red coat. Um, it's me just wearing what I feel I want to wear, what expresses how I feel and, and what how I want to show up. And what's interesting about that is in terms of networking, that you can walk into a room as I did on thir- uh, Friday, um, th- sorry, Thursday of last week, and you see a sea of black. And that's usually still men in suits or even women wearing dark attire. And I think the funnest person, the person that you really want to make a beeline for is the person who doesn't look like that. The person who um, perhaps has, you know, gone a bit more colourful or is wearing something slightly wacky or interesting because they're probably going to have a slightly different perspective on life. (laughs) So I I think that the fact that you said that the the third phase of your career, so the one that you're in the moment is the one where you truly feel like you're you. Do do you think then it's kind of taken a bit of kind of finding your path really in in terms of what fits in terms of how you want to present yourself and and kind of building on your experiences to get you to a point where where you feel totally comfortable in how you show up yes to to a degree yes but I think the world has changed also I don't think anybody these days is necessarily should feel that they should show up wearing the suit anymore I think wearing smart casual clothes is absolutely acceptable and I think what really demonstrated this was during the pandemic when everybody showed up on business zoom calls wearing hoodies Um, and who knows what they were wearing (laughs) below their waist we won't even (laughs) go there but but people who I would have had business meetings of of, different kinds of business meetings with um previously would never have shown up in a hoodie and neither would I but I think since the 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 sort of incoming of um zoom teams google meets all of all of the online calls that we all spend our lives uh, on these days it's become much more accessible um much more acceptable sorry to dress down uh and I think people feel generally more comfortable about that and feel they can be themselves. But I do still feel if you are going to an event in person, you should show up looking like, you you know, or not looking like you've rolled out of bed and put a hoodie on, but you've actually thought about why you're there um, and what you're going to wear. So I think um, times have changed and I think it's helped people to be more themselves. But I do think there are some people when you look around who are still in the trap of maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, they're still in the dark suits. They're still, you know, they're still in that other era. And they haven't realised that life has moved on and so is dress coat, so is dress sense and dress coats. You know what, I think that's quite interesting because um, I, I know someone actually said to me the other day, a, a man, that he was still wearing a suit and, and when did when did the memo go out for the men to change t-shirts and chinos because he just hadn't got it and I thought that was really interesting um just to show kind of how the world has moved on um 
and how comfortable people feel in, in different things as well. Uh, I'm just going to go back to what you said about um, networking events and, and actually we've ended up talking quite a lot about that networking events, that meeting people and that presentation. Um, wh why am I here? Why am I at the networking event? And I think not just kind of how you want to present yourself, but what you want to get out of it is so important as well. And that really clear objective of I'm, I'm going to invest some time going here. Um, who do I want to meet? Uh, who do I want to make a beeline for? Who's going to be of value to me in terms of a conversation? Where can I add value? Um, and then also, what do I want to hear from a speaker in the room? Uh, are questions that we don't often spend the time asking ourselves before we go out and, and meet new people. Um, and, and often you go to one of these events and, and you just think, well, it's at the end of the day or it's at lunch, lunchtime or whenever it is, business breakfast. I'll just kind of rock up and see what it's about. But that that time to kind of think, how do I want to present myself and what do I actually want to get out of it um, can be really crucial as well to make the most of that time and to get something back from it. I think it's very important to realise that in, in our business lives, time is of the premium, it's of the essence. It's the one thing that most of us don't have very much of. So investing, uh, you know, two hours or a morning if it's a conference or a workshop um, in a form of networking has to work in some way. Now, obviously, the, the old days of networking, going along to a network and selling your product or service into some the first person you meet in their face, you know, again, has long gone. I think most people that network regularly realise that it's today, that today it's about building relationships, building trust and listening and seeing how you can help others. And I think that it's it's very true to say what goes around comes around. If you can help support somebody else, ultimately, you may get that back. Not always, but you may well do. And I just think it's it's about doing business from from a good place in yourself. But also it is about being visible, because if you're the person wearing the red coat in the room, people will remember you. <laughs> and how do you so you obviously. You, you facilitate um, a large number of networking groups for uh, different businesses. How do you create an environment that allows people to, to get that value from the session? By firstly, making sure a lot of the, the um, events that I run are run almost as peer boards. I run peer boards, but the networking events are also run as peer to peer groups. So Sometimes they are groups where people don't know each other, but most often they're groups where people have subscribed. So they have agreed, if you like, to work together. Um, and so we make sure that everybody knows everybody quite well. And that really starts to break down the barriers in that people can start to look at, well, I know that person, I know what they do. Um, I've had a one-to-one -one with them. I, I've got a feel for how they work, their values, the kind of culture, the way that they do business. And that's somebody that I, I potentially could collaborate with or pass leads to. Nobody wants to pass a lead to somebody who you're not confident about because it could rebound back on on you. So in answer to your question very briefly, I think it's always making sure that you can um, make make everybody introduce themselves so everybody knows who's in the room. I do a lot of round tables and um, you know you go to events and you've no I you go away and you've you've maybe spoke to three people because you've only had time to do that. 
and you'd love to have known who else was in the room. So the key thing for me is to try and make sure that everybody feels welcome and everybody knows who else is in the room and what they do. And then it's up to them to follow up afterwards with, with that individual or group of individuals. Yeah, I think I think that's really important. And and especially now because people just don't seem to have business cards anymore. And it's really hard to to kind of make those connections and turn them into contacts. Obviously, LinkedIn is a great tool for that. But giving everyone a voice in the room and understanding kind of who you're with and, and therefore who you, as I said before, kind of want to, to target as, as best you can in terms of creating your network and, and starting to make some relationships and connections is really important. So we've talked a bit around kind of the different phases of your career um, and and how you've presented yourself in, in different ones and you said kind of now you're in a phase where you, you feel as I understand it kind of uber confident in, in presenting yourself and, and kind of who you are and how you want to show up and um, what would be great to hear is kind of any reflections you've got of times when it, it hasn't been easy and, and kind of how you've overcome that. So there have been several times when I've been challenged um, and um mostly it's been where I've been sent to a different country with a completely different culture uh, and I've been sent as a consultant to to work with particular individuals in, in perhaps developing a strategy uh, and and making sure that we got results. Uh, and that was challenging, not not only because it is quite challenging working with people who have a completely different culture and uh, perhaps, and, and obviously it's about building relationships and, and developing those relationships. And again, rather like the networking, it's about trust. So it is about listening to what others actually want as the result, but actually using your own experience and skills over the years to help to guide them to towards what they want to achieve, but perhaps give them different ways and different ideas of how to get there. Uh, and that is quite difficult sometimes um, with, as I say, particularly uh, in, in different cultures. But it's the same, actually, also in this country where I've done that in different parts of the UK. Um, but perhaps that's just the nature of consultancy work. And, and I think building your network is is really about kind of flexing your personal style a little bit. So being true to who you are in terms of how you show up, but kind of understanding who you're meeting, what their culture is and how you 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 kind of interact or communicate with them in a way that's going to resonate. And I think it's it's that balance, isn't it, of retaining who you are, but knowing how to flex appropriately to work with and partner other people. Absolutely. I think it's a gift. I really think it feels like a gift, but actually it's really about experience and skills over time and having the confidence to actually develop what can be quite difficult relationships initially and overcoming those difficulties, which tends to be about building trust. Because if, if you can really listen to other people and get to know them, then I think everything else follows. And, and when you do your networking today, if you notice that you're facilitating a session or you're running an event and there's someone in the room who who doesn't have that confidence, who, who isn't coming across like they are comfortable being there, how, how do you get them comfortable in the session? Or if you're coaching someone who's in that position, what advice would you give to them? So I think the, the advice that I'd give, if we start with that bit first, the, the advice really is, in, in terms of networking, is to think, as I said before, carefully about what you want. It's like going to any other meeting where 
I don't like to go to a meeting where there's absolutely no agenda because I think, why, you know, why am I here? Um, so it's the same thing. You have to think of it as your time. Your time is precious. Uh, and what do you really want to get out of that event? For people who perhaps aren't as confident and you go to an event and you don't know anybody in the room, it is really about looking around the room, looking at groups where you think, oh, they're not in a, perhaps a tight circle. They're perhaps in a semicircle, which means they're not a closed group. So that you can go up to them and say, oh, can I join you? That happened to me the end of last week when I was talking to somebody and another lady came up and said, do you mind if I join you? I don't know anybody here. And I thought, that's great. That is great. And obviously, we, we began talking. Um, yes, you have to have the confidence to do that. But the more you do it, the more you challenge yourself and come out of your comfort zone and make yourself do that, the easier it becomes. My particular style in terms of running events, uh, whatever that event is, is to be welcoming. Because if you develop a welcoming approach to the event, because I think if you welcome people um, and you invite them to participate, you name them once they've told you their name. So you're validating them and their presence. Uh, and if they feel welcome, they're much more able to participate and get something out of the event for themselves as a result. I think I think that's really important, isn't it? Because I've I've been to so many different events and some of them you go and everyone's sitting down immediately and you just kind of find your place and you never end up speaking to any of them. And I've been to some that have exactly like you said, you've you've got a name badge or you've got the opportunity to grab a coffee first and people are standing in, in more open groups and, and you can just kind of slot in and, and introduce yourself and, and it can be intimidating. But once like you I think you're right, you've done it a couple of times and, and once you, you say like everything, once you've done it once or twice it just becomes more normal to do that and and actually you start to recognize a couple of people you know from different things and, and you can introduce people which feels really good so moving from being introduced or introducing yourself to being able to connect people it is absolutely a confidence booster as well the other thing i say to people who aren't confident is just remember you are an expert in what you do because we forget that sometimes because we get so worried and flustered about you know going to a, an event or having you know, on your own having to speak to people you don't know but if you can think about the fact that nobody is an expert in what you do only you there might be a thousand retailers or a thousand consultants but you are the expert in your own consultancy or in your own job nobody else so I think, you know, if you can think in those terms, you have got real validation and it's important to keep validating yourself because we forget to do that. Yeah, I think we're really bad at that. And and also no one has the exact experience, the, the lived experience, the career experience to a T that you have. Um, people might have similar, but they will have had their own personal experiences that will have helped them develop as they go, just like you do. And and knowing kind of how you you 
draw on those to kind of validate yourself, as you said, but then kind of build up your inner confidence as well. So then you can externalize that is is really important. And and sometimes we forget just how much we've achieved or, or, or what we've done and therefore what we can do and what we're capable of. Um, and we put ourselves in a box. And I think the more that you can, as, as you talked about at the beginning, create your own platform, make your own visibility, the more that you can, as a self-fulfilling prophecy, build that confidence and start to feel really good about yourself. And I also think that we are we are our own PR agents. Um, so every time we step out at an event, we create we're selling ourselves and we're doing our own PR. <laughs> and I think the dress is part of that. So if you wear something that you feel nice in, feel confident in, that that equates with your mood which hopefully will be positive, then that's great PR for, for you, for yourself. I, that's really important. And and one of the things that we, we talked about on this podcast is obviously that, that concept of enclosed cognition, that what you wear can actually influence your mood. And, and sometimes putting on an outfit that is a, a mood booster or someone labelled it as dopamine dressing, which I love, uh, can just make you feel that little bit more confident. Well, we've talked about lots of things, but actually the focus today has really been around how do you build your network and, and how do you have the confidence to, to go and, and show up somewhere new um, and position yourself in a way that, that you're really proud of that represents you and, and allows you to actually derive some value from doing that as well and, and I think that will be really useful to our listeners we know confidence is, is a really hot topic for, for so many people um, have you got any final words of advice Paula for people thinking about how do they really build their confidence and elevate their platform I think it's really just all the things that we've talked about um, dressing in in the way that you feel your very very best um thinking about how, you know how you're going to show up seeing yourself sometimes i think if you lack confidence and you have to go to a networking event maybe your company's sending you somewhere the next day that you haven't been before i think it's a really good idea the night before to visualize yourself um, visualize yourself in terms of what you're going to wear so a bit of organizations needed the night before think about yourself looking great walking into that room and going up to people that you have never met before and introducing yourself and the rest comes after because I think if people see you do that they just want to know more about you oh, where have you come from which part of the company do you work for um those questions will flow and you immediately start to feel, oh, that's great, a sense of belonging rather than a sense of, do I belong here? So sometimes that bit of visioning can be really useful. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, and just taking that time, as we said, it, it's part of the preparation, isn't it? How do I want to show up? And, and how yes. will I how will I put myself in a space where I feel really good and really confident there so I, I can get what I need out of that session? So. That was brilliant. We've got lots of, of good tips for our listeners to just think about how they present themselves um, from a confidence perspective and, and how they want to show up from a networking perspective as well. So thank you so much. We're going to head into our lightning round before we close. Are you ready for it? Right. Let's do it. So first question for you then, Paula. So you're in your third phase of your career today. Did you just want to? So first question for you, Paula, smart or casual? Oh, gosh. Smart casual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Things so thinking about events, facilitating or attending. 
Oh, facilitating. I love facilitating. <laughs> like being in control yes. there. Yes. <laughs> and, and you talked about business travel. So hot country or cold country? Gosh, that's an interesting one. Um, I really like both. I know it sounds I'm on the fence, but I love hot countries. But I also like going to cold countries. Like both. <laughs> Any particular favourite that you visited from a work perspective? Oh, um, I think, yes, I think Hungary, because I've been so many times and um, I really felt over a decade it was my second home. Brilliant. And, and final question for you today. Do you feel stressed or well-dressed? Absolutely well-dressed. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, that's been a great session. Thank you.